from Boss Track, It's Her Hype Squad, a show about amazing women who've made incredible strides as leaders in their industry. They're here to support you and your leadership growth, to encourage you and hype you up as part of your Hype Squad. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Harris bringing you another episode of Her Hype Squad with Boss Track. This week, I sat down with Erica Wiederleit, confidence coach and CEO of We The Light. We talk about confidence, the stories we tell ourselves, allowing ourselves to be seen, and our relationship to pleasure. Before we get into our conversation, I'd like to share a little more information about Erica. Erica Wiederleit is the confidence coach who focuses on self-love, sexual empowerment, dating, getting your radiance back, and going from autopilot to thriving. In addition to her coaching practice, she is a professional speaker and podcaster. Her podcast, Welcome to the Weeder Life, is a top-rated podcast across many categories, including divorce, love, sexuality, yoga, dating, coaching, and marriage. She's been featured in over 100 other podcasts, in addition to being a wellness expert at New York Fashion Week, the UN, and in publications such as Epoch Times, Galore, and Cosmopolitan Magazine. If you enjoy my conversation with Erica, be sure to subscribe to our channel and help more people find us by sharing this episode with others or by leaving a review. Or subscribe to our weekly newsletter filled with things we found that we're excited about and were inspired by, along with valuable leadership advice to watch, listen to, or read. It's a little bit of joy for your inbox each Monday. You can subscribe at www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weekly joy. Now, without further delay, here's my conversation with Erica Wiederleit. Hi, Erica. I'm uh, so happy to have you on our our podcast today. I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. This is like a topic that is really close to my heart, especially when we talk about women leaders and this is, you know, it's related to confidence and how we feel about ourselves and how we come to to the table. And I just feel sometimes that there is a, a switch that I wish that we could just like flip to, to give everybody that that sense of accomplishment and confidence. But anyway, I don't want to get into it yet, <laughs> because I'd want to start out by having you introduce yourself to the audience a little bit about what you do and your background, if you don't mind sharing. Of course. Yeah. So my name is Eric Wiederleit, as you have mentioned, and I am, I like to call myself the confidence coach because I have worked in the life coach field for so many years. And it's funny. It's like, I've, I've done so many different topics and they still, you know, they bleed into each other, uh, whether it be sexual empowerment, embodiment, self-love. And I kept seeing over the years, we were hit with the same thing. And people would walk in the door, like I said, whether it's sexual empowerment, it's money, it's relationships, it's asking for a raise. We couldn't get past this confidence thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a common theme that we all need. And as you know, it's a relationship. It's not like I was talking to a client last night and they're like, sometimes I wish it was one, two, three, boom, I did it. I have it, you know? And, and for so many of us, that's like an awakening of like, oh, I finally got my confidence back, but it is a relationship. And that for me, I was like, I want to be there for folks to help them to get there, but also to help them sustain that relationship as life ebbs and flows. So that's kind of how I got to the confidence 
coaching piece because I was in traditional life coaching for so many years. And I kept, like I said, kept hitting this. And I've been uh, very blessed. And you'll read this in my bio. And we've, we've talked about this, that my work has been featured all over the place and in podcasts and my podcast, as well as I was blessed to be a speaker at uh, New York Fashion Week, UN, and articles published in Cosmo, Epic Times, and Galore Magazine. So I feel very blessed because we all need this. Like this conversation is truly for all. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I want to start by talking about defining confidence. Like what does that mean? But I also want to say, you know, exactly what you said about sustaining it because somebody can be, be confident and they can have a career, they have a role, they're very confident in how they feel. But just kind of going to my from my own experience, when you step into a whole different world, like for me, leaving corporate and going into and starting my own business, it's like everything is so different. And like your confidence can wobble a little bit. So it's not even like, you know, flip the switch, I'm confident, like that can ebb and flow based on what's happening in your career or what what's happening in your life as well. And so it's so important. It is. I want to mention too, this is this, I'm like, oh, you I actually have never really articulated this in a public setting. But I think you so you know, just said that so beautifully. And it's so true. I always talk about like people's bodies change like naturally. And what does that mean? Like at that size or that look, what is your confidence? You know, like there's a lot of like a job, there's a lot of exterior factors where a relationship to confidence changes. But something that I also work with clients is like that big broad stroke of like life events and how we readjust our relationship to it. But also those mini moments, like when we're walking through life, like this is a silly example, but pretend here I am now working from home. How am I showing up? I may show up very differently going out to dinner with my partner or being in a setting with new friends. Like that is also, so it's a broad stroke, um, if that makes sense, like a, a broad stroke relationship to like how I'm showing up for confidence. But it's also those micro moments of how am I showing up in the mundane uh, with different circumstances. And something I always have to do too is like come back and check myself and be like, hey, E, where are you? Like, where where are you? Are you okay? What do you need? Because, you know, our conf- confidence, like you said, also shifts depending on situations too. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So going back to that, so before we get too far down the road, not to go off on a tangent again, but we have a program, a quarterly program where it's a leadership accelerator program. And one of the weeks, so it's eight weeks, we have different modules, Uh, One of our weeks is completely on confidence. And every time, you know, we go into that course or that module again, I do a review and I was just reviewing it for this quarter and um, like, oh, I feel like there's different levels to confidence or confidence can mean different things. So like, how do you define confidence? Like to set the audience up for this hour discussion or so that we talk, like, what do you, how do you define confidence? Oh, I love that. And I love this question. I also think it's important for all of us to redefine it ourselves because I think it's this like elusive sometimes, you know, and people are like, I think I, you know, so I think that's like genius that, you ask that question and I think it's important for us all to articulate it ourselves and what looks what that looks like for ourselves. So it's not like this floating elusive thing. Where we're like, oh wait, no, I actually am showing up confident. For me, it's unapologetically showing up as myself truthfully and allowing myself 
to be seen and witnessed. And of course that take that in itself takes a lot of work, you know, uh, about being safe to do that, but it's, it's really allowing myself to show up, be seen and not consistently editing myself or, or ripping myself apart, uh, through self-judgment and negative self-talk. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love that way of thinking about it. When you think about how you're, you're defining it in that way, when, and you said you you talk to different, you coach different people and you have different clients that you work with. What are some of the misconceptions they come in with sometimes about what confidence is? Yes. Okay. That's so good. Because the thing is like, I'm so glad you asked that because sometimes in the beginning when I didn't define it, there was a sense of wrongness that they were doing it wrong or it should look like this. So I would have folks be like, shouldn't I be, I don't know, making something up, but like, shouldn't I be just like wearing wild colors and just being so, you know, taking up space and just being whatever, you know, whatever the story is for each person. And I'm like, that's one version. Love that. But like, what is your truth? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's why I'm like, we have to articulate it ourselves. And also I think it's great. So we know what, where we want to go, but it's also great. Cause then we come up with the stories or the resistances, why we shouldn't be confident. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we hold a lot of stories of like, ugh, you don't want to be looked at as arrogant. You don't want to be looked at at like, so I do that for, you know, those twofold reasons is one, we could articulate where are we going? What is your flavor? What is your truth for you? So we're going towards that instead of just airy fairy. And then the second is what are the resistances? What are the stories that tell you, you shouldn't, you can't, it's bad if you want that, or if you go after that. And it's so refreshing. People are like, oh, it, what? it's not this like wild archetype. You know, they, they especially when you, you articulate, you're like, oh, it's not this like wild archetype. And I don't need to be, you know, this totally different person. It gives people a lot of peace that like, oh, this is achievable. And like, this is totally in my wheelhouse. Yeah. What are, do you have exercises you go through? Like, what is the process for deciding what is their, what is somebody's truth? Like, how do they... How do they dig that out of themselves? Ooh, yes. I do a lot of somatic embodiment work, like a huge part of my practice. I do some talk therapy, but a lot of embodiment. So I sometimes ask my clients like questions from their brain. So, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, let's try to, you know, pull some thoughts from our head. But really what I always try to do is get them into their body. Hmm. So that could be things like visualizations, meditations, movement, because our intuition lives there and it's, it's more natural for them to, and they'll, I always have people do a visualization or meditation and they're like, and after they pop open their eyes and we talk and they're like, what? You know, they're like, I couldn't even even like, I couldn't have made that up if I tried. So I like to honor both. You know, I think there's, there's a place for both, but I do try to get to the body to have them answer from those places. What does that look like? I mean, if you guide somebody through that, like if I close my eyes and I went through this meditation to figure out like, who am I, what what, what can that look like for somebody? I'm curious. Yeah. yeah it's totally different. Um, and it's pretty intuitive and it's different what we're working on, but something general is I usually help people find, like pretend they're closing their eyes. I help them guide like to an archetype or we'll say the confidence archetype. Like I'll walk them through and, and have them say things like, what do they look like? What do they feel like? Mm-hmm. How do they show up? And I just have them start to describe. And I say, it's okay 
if nothing's coming up because sometimes we're like wait what you know so it's okay if nothing's coming up this is a time for us to play and use our imagination and usually it's funny people like i'm not going to be able to do it and and they do and they're like i didn't even have to make that up and it's it's cool if you have to make it up but we kind of go through like who is that version of you Mm -hmm. and like i said usually it shocks people because it isn't anything wild or totally inaccessible it's like oh that was right here all along yeah which is really beautiful they feel like oh it's not this like thing that I have to hunt for and it's so outside of myself it's it's super empowering that's like wait it's right here I just need to tap back into that which mm-hmm. is what I'm there for helping them re-get back to that yeah and you, you mentioned something uh just a few minutes ago about arrogance and one of the things that I find when I talk to people about confidence is that feeling of being and I think I think you said the same thing about feeling like they're being overly confident and arrogant and I find that that's not that's really hard for people that are questioning that to actually get to I think they they step out of their comfort zone and exhibit confidence and then probably feel like they're being arrogant themselves but I think they're really still far away from like crossing that line into arrogance where do you think women where do you think we can cross that line well how do you think about arrogance and what that really looks like yeah I think you brought up something so great too is like if you're asking like am I going to be arrogant usually you won't because you (laughs) so like that's a key key factor I'm like yeah when people say like what if I'm going to be I'm like the fact that you're thoughtful of like other humans and that's kind of what how I wanted to answer this is for me confidence real confidence dims no one else's shine Like when I am in my confidence, I really actually have more to give. I have more overflow to give where I'm like, I want to ride, you know, I want to cheerlead. I want to, I want to bring people up. So I think I I love how you articulated that, that it's like, if you're already questioning, like, will I be arrogant? Usually you won't. But for Mm -hmm. me, the real sense of confidence is I am allowing myself to be seen. I am in my truth and I help others make that safe because I think that right the arrogance thing is one I also think there's a safety I actually was talking about this with a client the other day like there's a safety piece like what if I am so shiny sparkly and there's a great quote about this but what if I am so shiny sparkly fabulous and our brains are like oh I want to be shiny I want to be sparkly I want to be fabulous but it's vulnerable because we're more um how do I say like on stage or or seen or taking up space, it feels like there's more vulnerability for us to be attacked mm-hmm. or criticized or shut down. So we have a, a kind of a collective story of just put your head down and keep it moving. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or, or just like, you could be fabulous, but be like fabulous and then come back down. And I'm not saying, you know, yeah, there's a nuance to that conversation, but you know, I think that's a big, a, a big thing that I hear a lot is the uh-oh, am I going to be arrogant? But uh-oh, I'm scared. Like mm-hmm. it feels scary in my body to take up space, to be successful. And I think that goes back to what I talked about, but also like our sense of belonging in our families and our communities. Sometimes if we're like, pretend I am making great money or I am happy, will I still belong? Will mm-hmm. people still love me? So it's it's deep, you know, it's it's funny because people are like, oh, confidence, this is, you know, whatever, fake it till you make it. It's like, sure, 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 that's an element. But this really kind of triggers a lot of deep stuff like belonging and safety and, uh, 
kindness in our community. Like it, it hits a lot of different points. So it's, it's yeah. big work when we take the path of oh, I'm allowing myself to be seen and vulnerable and my confidence. It's, it's a big, I always say to my clients, like pat yourself on the back. Cause it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that the aspect of safety. It's so true. Yeah. And I, I think probably social media magnifies that times a thousand versus, I mean, if you're on social media, not everybody is, but it creates that vulnerability and people are just so open to giving feedback, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, th- that bad can be hard to to see. So just this is a world where that is a li- even more scary, I think. It's true. It's true. It's and we see we see people all of the time. Even if we don't engage in it, we see. Oh my gosh, this person's getting ripped apart, or yeah. it's just like, ugh, like it's it's yeah, it's become even more scary to allow ourselves to be seen. Yeah. And so that's why you know it sounds like confidence, schmonfidence, you know, like whatever, like so such a silly, but it's it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. So to put some context around this, like what are some reasons that people come to you and say, I need help with building my confidence? Where are they identifying in their life where this is something they need to, to work on? Yeah. I'm going to be honest everywhere. Hmm. Like, so I'm, I'm kind of rolling through my current Rolodex of clients and I'm like, okay, this wonderful person it's at work, this person it's sexually, this person, person, you know, they, their body changed because they gave birth. Like I'm kind of going through the list and it's, it's across the board mm-hmm. and you know, the deal, I, I, we love to think we can compartmentalize <laughs> and to a certain extent we can. And so much of this bleeds over. So sometimes if I see someone like, oh, I, you know, my body looks different, I'm insecure. I do sometimes see that them bleeding over into other areas of their life, Mm -hmm. uh, which is normal. But I think, and I think that's fabulous. That's why I say celebrate yourself that you're willing to do this work because it's not just, oh, it's just in this one area. It's like it, it bleeds into other spaces. Yeah, no, I I completely, I mean, I can self-identify with that as I'm getting older and going through those changes yeah. myself. And, you know, your body changes as you get into your midlife. And um, it does, it does have an impact. You have to really reflect and identify and, and ask where things are coming from and, and uh, just be very self-aware. So I completely, I'm, I'm, can identify <laughs> with yeah. that. Yeah, I think we all all can, especially the body stuff that we're naturally, mm-hmm. God willing, knock on wood, we're going to change. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, we're not taught this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a, it's, it really is a relationship and I don't want to get too far into story, but a huge part of my embodiment work that I teach about is I genuinely have been every size, genuinely every size, every dress size. And, you know, this, I feel very blessed in a way that I got to do this work at every different size because it was like a fast track to, you know, being with myself, accepting myself in every different facet of who, of who I am. But I just want to, I want to name that, that we don't talk about that a lot. Sometimes it shocks us when our, our body looks different or we operate in the world differently, but it's that confidence is always a relationship that we want, want to have there. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. You said you don't want to share stories, but I love stories. And okay. I, was, I was actually going to ask you <laughs> if you might share, if thinking about 
some one of your clients and obviously not naming names or maybe even changing some of the details, but somebody who maybe was an executive, corporate executive leader, it, can you talk about what a transformation might have looked like for somebody um, in, you know, kind of a, giving overview from start to finish? Yes. Oh, I'm think I'm going through a, f- a few, few amazing people. Well, I'll give a general first, because I think the first thing that really comes to mind is, especially when I work with executives, ah, this is a big one. It's the confidence piece, but it's also the pleasure piece Mm. is it's the put your head down. Like we talked about, put your head down, work. And you've talked about this so many times, it brings the burnout. So for me with executives, I'm like, yes, like I can't wait to talk to, to my my folks in, in corporate and, and in the business world or their, you know, own their own business. I love talking to people in this community because I really want to hold them through not burning out, through how can you make your work pleasurable for me. And I, I mentioned this because my relationship to pleasure is the thing that blew open my confidence. Mm-hmm blew it open because I went to therapy, which was fabulous. I'm very grateful for those opportunities, but I went to therapy. I had coaches. It helped. It progressed me, but me having a relationship to my pleasure. Oh my gosh. Like it took it, it knocked it out of the park. And I'll give a one sentence, I suppose, reason why is I was so more focused, not from a self-centered place, but I was more focused on like, what do I need? What feels good again, from a healthy aligned place, Versus being outside of my body and being like, is there, is everyone judging me? Like getting out of that anxious mind, like, hey, am I doing okay? Blah, you know, being outside of myself to, hey, E, what do you need? What, how can I support you? Follow what you're, you know, what turns you on? And that means like, what brings me joy? What makes me yeah. feel alive? And I say that because it feels selfish, but honestly, what it is, is you're self-resourced. And when you're self-resourced, you are the in your highest form of integrity because you're not doing, and that's okay if we do, but like <laughs> we're not doing like swarmy stuff where we're trying to get from others or we're pulling from our partners or we're showing up in a weird energy. I was operating from being a fully resourced human and I knew how to t- genuinely take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So I show up, show, showed up in integrity and I showed up from a place of confidence because I'm like, I know myself, I know how to hold myself. So I just want to like voice that because some people are like mm. pleasure, confidence, question mark. What's the correlation? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a huge correlation. So that's the big picture with some of my executive folks, smaller picture. Uh, and I have a, a lot of great people that I'm working with. One I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about right now is really having her identify her flavor of confidence. And, and we talked for a while you know, she got lost in the archetype of like, this is what a boss is. This is how a boss shows up in the world. And she was like, this isn't my truth. Mm -hmm. And so for a while we got her to a place where she's like, this is my, this is how I show up as a leader. This is how I show up and move the crowd and move the audience. And that was magnetic because I was like, I see you now, you know, before she was like trying to contort herself into something of like, oh, this is what boss babe or whatever should look like. She's like, I hate this. And now that we've really identified like what her truth is, what her flavor is, how she genuinely wants to show up in the world. Oh my gosh. Like the deals that she's gotten, the investments that like it's blown up because people are like, I see you. I don't see 
a facade like I see you mm-hmm. and it's been like I, I can give many examples but that I think ha- has been so beautiful to watch uh someone make that transition yeah since you're not naming names do you think she would mind if you shared what it, how she wanted to show up as because I think that's so important because we talk that's something again we talk to a lot of people about is uh, our model is authentic leadership so leadership does we don't want the traditional uh how you think of what a leader should be we want people to be their true selves and like it'll be great for people to hear an example of somebody else thinking about like, I don't want to be that traditional. Like, this is how I, this is what true is true to me. This is how I want to show up. And what did that look like for her? Yeah. I think it honestly was across the board. Mm-hmm. I'll start with something as silly as what she would wear to conferences mm-hmm. and how ha- this was a big one we worked on how she thinks her body should look like mm-hmm. as a business owner and especially a very successful business owner. She had to work through, like, oh, I, as a business owner of this degree, my body should look like this. As a business owner to this degree, my wardrobe should look like this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she, how do I say this? Like she, she wasn't showing up as her truth. So she was one of thousands, you yeah. know, I still a fabulous being, but like one of thousands. Cause she was like, she, and she felt suffocated by this like narrative that was put on her. Like I should wear the the blazer whatever you know the this yeah. and that she's like I hate this I hate this and so it's a simple start but we did we worked on her bot her relationship to her body even how she was showing up expressing herself whether it be clothes or makeup or no clothes you know no makeup no whatever uh however that wanted to come through and then also honestly it bled into how she in her business how she markets how she speaks how she talks to its genius how she talks to investors how she shows up it, she thought she had to show up like it should look like this and should be militant and for some people that's fabulous like that's our truth we love that but that wasn't how she wanted to show up in the world and when she leaned into her flavor which is more like conversational and one-to-one and genuine she has a huge mission like genuinely coming from that heart-led place oh my god people were like where have you been she's like now everyone's saying where have you been she's like I've been here for years like what are you talking about like I've been here for years but they finally could see her they're like where have you been where have you been and she's like oh my gosh I it was the most stereotypical thing ever but like I just had to be myself Mm -hmm. easier said than done because we have a lot of conditioning and and things around us being ourselves but that uh, is a small example, but it, it kind of influenced how she does business, how she does life and how she shows up um, mm. in the world. Mm, I love it. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for sharing that example. And I, I did want to go back to something you mentioned about pleasure. So I I just want to dig a little deeper into that because, and you, and you said it, pleasure doesn't necessarily mean when we think of like like sexual pleasure or whatever like there is the taking pleasure in different things like taking pleasure in doing my job and and what does that look like how do you help people think about that you know there there are these different aspects of life where we can actually feel joy in our pleasure that it doesn't have to be routine mundane I'm curious how you think about that oh this is my favorite my well I think my favorite topic um so I always talk about pleasure not as a tool to bypass 
not, excuse me, as a tool to bypass, right? Like sometimes it is not appropriate or sometimes we really need to feel the feels and mm-hmm. how I use pleasure is not from that bypassy place. Like everything's okay. Find the joy. It's like, um, sometimes, you know, we got to feel the feels and there's stuff we have to, you know, sift and sort. So it's not from, I like to put that disclaimer. It's not from that bypassy place. However, like you nailed and you articulated so beautifully, a lot of us walk through the world on autopilot, mm-hmm. like just on autopilot. And I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh yeah, like not even consciously knowing. And they'll be like, oh yeah, every Tuesday I have a turkey, like, which is fine. Like every Tuesday I have a turkey sandwich. And then I go to the same yoga class, which again, there's, that's all cool. And people start to notice, oh my gosh, like I am not alive in a way that I would like to be. So like you said, I actually, and especially clients that want to work on the sexual stuff, I don't even touch the sexual stuff for a moment. I go to pleasure in the here and now. So that's the five senses. So that's just like, can you enjoy drinking your kombucha? I don't, that's my favorite example, but can you like really be present to the kombucha? Can you really be present to the music that you're listening to? Like, I want to make a safe space for those five senses. Eventually we'll talk about the sexual stuff, but just having pleasure in our lives, because here's the deal. I think it's a beautiful correlation is pleasure. I could talk about for five hours, but I'll go to this pleasure teaches our brain and our body and our nervous system and and all the fabulous things that like, it's safe to have good things. Mm. It's like telling our body, it's telling our brain like, Oh, I could enjoy this kombucha. Oh, like, and it's kind of stacks and builds that evidence within our body and with, within ourselves that like, it's okay. So when we get a huge sale, when we get a huge investment, we're not like, ah, I'm burning through this or I'm, you know, like, I don't know how to hold this. This feels so threatening to my body and my system. We know how to hold it. We're like, great. It's like, we've been, we've been training for this. We're like, I know, I know how to do this. Like I deserve this. I'm worthy of this. But for me, I'm obsessed with the pleasure for the mundane. And so I have my clients all the time I have them check in regularly, sometimes putting on alarms or whatever and and check in with themselves and be like, where am, like, where am I? Right. Like it's so easy Mm -hmm. to be like, I just, the day, like, where am I? So it's, where am I? And I have them do a scale. Like, am I feeling crunchy and contorted? And that's okay. Sometimes that's natural. Or am I feeling pretty radiant, turned on, turned on, meaning alive, present, conscious, all that stuff. And if they're crunchy, I'm like, great. How can we add one to just a dash more pleasure Hmm. to this. So it's not like I expect you to be like, I'm turning off my laptop and I'm going vacation. Like, no, we're humans. We have to pay bills. Like, you know, but like, okay, if you have crazy things to do, you know, you're doing a, you know, documents and you have a crazy work day ahead. Great. I'm not saying burn it down, but can you get that favorite cup of tea? Can you put on opera or whatever you like in the background? Can you light your favorite candle? Like, can we just add a dash more. I always say it's like a, a barometer. Like we're just turning it up just like a dial or two because then you feel more mm, like present to your own life. You don't feel like mm-hmm. what just happened? Three months just went by. What happened? Like you feel like you're more in your own story than life just picked up and took you with yeah. the wind. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you find you have to help people even going back to the very basics to understand what it is that actually brings them joy? Like what are those things that they can bring into their day that will, will bring that joy? 
100%. And I think there's a lot of learning and unlearning. I actually just talked to a friend about this. She's also a pleasure coach. She's in this, in this world as well. She was on my podcast and we were talking about sometimes like the Instagrammable self-love is like put on a sheet mask, do a bubble bath. <laughs> and she was talking, she's like, those are like kind of dopamine hits. We love that. Like that's great. Cause it's telling us like we're worthy and, and deserving and, and we want those things. And that's a little bit different than deep self-love, deep pleasure. You know mm. what I mean? So it, like, I think sometimes we have to track like, okay, this pleasure, like me putting on this lip gloss, it's an exterior pleasure, but that's okay. You know, so I think there's a really deep relationship. My teacher, Mama Gina, Regina Thomashauer, she said, and I remember being like, yeah, yeah, like so ignorantly, uh, but she was like, pleasure is the easiest thing to conceptually understand but practicing it daily, making it a discipline is so challenging. And mm-hmm. I was like, so easy, so easy. And just like the confidence stuff, uh, working through the confidence and the relationship with confidence, there's so, talk about stories. There's so many resistances and stories around pleasure. It's disgusting. You'd need to work hard to get a treat. You don't deserve it. Put your head down, mm-hmm. like blood, sweat, and tears. Like it's not appropriate it's not worthy like talk about working through stories like wow like I was before I even jump in with pleasure with clients I'm like what stories do you hold around pleasure or feeling good or feeling your aliveness like let's kind of comb through those cobwebs before we jump jump into the pleasure pool yeah oh yeah yeah and that's so, so when you talk about like those dopamine hits, like, okay, putting on a sheet mask or whatever, <laughs> in my mind, there's something different. There's the little like one-off things you can do that yeah. give you that little tiny, like, oh, I feel good. Like lighting that candle. And then there's this whole deeper uh, meaning, like deeper pleasure. Is it okay? To, I mean, it's okay to have those things yes, that you please. can bring into your day. Yeah. Yes, of course. And I, you know, it's funny. I was talking. I was like, "Oh, I kind of contradicted myself." But yes, both. And it's it's a multi layered relationship. They always say that pain, of course, has limits, right? Like, there's only a, a certain amount of pain that we can sustain in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. It's kind of a, especially that we don't we haven't really researched this that deeply. I mean, there is, but it's kind of a we're poking around in the dark here. Uh, pleasure doesn't have those limits that pain does. Mm-hmm. So pleasure can be putting on the lip gloss or pleasure can be, I do deserve a sheet mask or I, you know, my pleasure recently, my, and I don't even want to call it guilty pleasure because I think it feeds into the story, but my pleasure is like, I sometimes do want to do some paperwork with Vanderpump rules or Bravo TV. I know it's the worst, mm-hmm. but I want, I want something <laughs> in the back. And it's a multi-layered relationship. While I'm doing that, I also make time for that internal pleasure. And that really internal pleasure for me is just like having that self-talk, following my intuition, following, you know, fo- corny, but following my soul. So it's not one is better or one is worse, but in my opinion, in my uh, belief system, I really have seen that there is external pleasures, internal pleasures, not one is wrong or bad or more spiritual or less spiritual. It's just, what are we jamming with today? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's totally cool to, and sometimes we don't have the space and capacity to like go deep inward. And sometimes like, it's a candle today, you know, or sometimes like I actually been avoiding myself. Like I do need to go inward and check in with my soul. So 
it's multi-layered and not one is wrong or bad or right and wrong. Yeah. I, and you brought up pain and I don't know if you talk about this or if it comes up at all, but I think I've, I've learned over the years that people will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. Do you talk about that at all? Is there any insight you can uh, provide around that? That's so good. Yeah. I think what I want to kind of bring back is we're so resistant to pleasure. Mm -hmm. we're so and I think you actually absolutely nailed it like we are running from our pain and we're we're running we're avoiding and I think that's why part of the the pleasure is us being in our highest integrity because we we could be with ourselves uh we could be with what's going on internally but Mm -hmm. I think I kind of want to bring it back to what we just said yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad you bring that up. I'm like, wow, my brain's like, boom, 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 boom. Um, the resistance to pleasure is so big. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, like we have things like so many different avoidance tactics. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I see myself tracking and I'm like, okay, I'm eating these treats because I'm avoiding, you know, I don't want to deal with this pain that's this going on in my life, you know? So we do, you know, the deal, we do that through an assortment of ways to numb, whether it's food, whether it is seven hours of Bravo, whether it is alcohol or drugs or set, like we do, we do find our, our numbing, you know, doom scrolling. Uh, there's so many ways that we do avoid. And honestly, that's a big part of my work too, is being and teaching folks like how they can make their emotions safe and working through them because it would be so uh messy and not me in integrity if I just taught people pleasure and confidence and didn't address the shadow and the other feelings like it would be so bypassy you know or it would be so uh not of service I should say if I was like pleasure 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 confidence 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 um, but didn't create a, a space for them to talk about their rage or their grief or their frustration or their fear. I really genuinely, it's a, it's a, that quote, like to which you own your darkness, you own your light. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And so that's why for me, I really, I think that's the internal pleasure. The internal turn on is creating that space where you can be with your darkness. Yeah. You can be with your all your, you know, cruddy quote unquote emotions, when you could be with that, wow, you can, you could be in your light, you could be in your radiance, you could be in your turn on your pleasure. Um, So that I'm glad you brought that up because that is a big part of my work. And I think there's a misconception sometimes uh, for my work or any of pleasure, pleasure people uh, that, oh, I'm going to sign up with Erica or I'm going to sign up with this coach and I'm going to be, you know, hitting the streets with boas and glitter in my hair. And I'm like, listen, we went like, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, why am I not on like, cl- I should be on cloud nine all the time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the deal to be, to have a relationship with pleasure and radiance and turn on, we also need to look at the other stuff. Yeah. So I'm really actually, thank you so much for voicing that. Cause I think that's an important part of the combo. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for expanding on that. And there's actually, I mean, I I do want to get into a few questions that are kind of outside of this conversation. But I did want to ask you, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, what are some things that cause us to be 
to lack confidence. I mean, it, it can go back to, there's a book called The Confidence Code, where they talk about all the things like how we're brought up as a girl, like I'm talking specifically about women. I know men can have issues with confidence as well. And they have periods of time too, where they can feel, but, but talking about women, how we're raised as girls, I mean, that kind of is the beginning, right? But then there's society issues, like even as we get older, like what are, what do you feel are the big drivers of women's general, general lack of confidence? Yeah, I think you nailed it. And I think it's, it's perpetuated every day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, I know, I know I'm joking. I'm watching Vanderpump Rules as I, as I work, but also deep down that is, I'm sure it's, I had to catch myself because if I don't, I, it's easy to be like, oh, that person got this work. And that's fabulous. If that makes you feel good. I told, I really genuinely totally support that, but there is a, you know, it's, 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 how do I say, re-triggering that story of you should look like this. You should act like this should, 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 should. So we are being blasted by this on the reg. And I have to mm-hmm. consciously be like, all right, I'm buying into this for now. Like I love, I'm choosing this as an entertainment. I'm not going to take this on. And again, easier said than done. It sometimes falls into the subconscious, but like I have to track myself because Mm -hmm. if I don't, all of a sudden I'm like, why am I cranky? Why am I, what happened to my self-talk this week? So we're blasted, whether it be media, social media, just how we live, the shoulds that we, you know, we, we all have agreed on like mm-hmm. subconsciously. And here's the thing too, that my teacher, again, Mama, Mama Gina, Regina Thomas hour teaches that she teaches the tool of essentially it's celebration, but she calls it bragging. Um, mm-hmm. And I sometimes say celebration to my clients because sometimes they're like, no, but why she says bragging is because it's like, huh, it has like a little bit of an edge to it because so many people, especially women we bond, which is great that we have that community, but we bond in our misery. Mm-hmm. And that's great because sometimes it's good. Like, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for hearing me. But we, it's sometimes it turns to a point where it's like, what's wrong with, I mean, it's the example, I don't know why this came to me, but like in Mean Girls, when they're all ripping each other apart, like, oh, I hate this about myself. I hate this. But like, it's, we have this thing where that's how we we sometimes bond immediately with other women. Even notice, like if someone's like, oh, I love, I, I love your, how you, you know, got your haircut. Oh, no, no, no. Or, oh, I love your shirt. No, no, I got it on sale at TJ Maxx. It's not that big of a deal. It's like, we like, it's so normal for so many women to deflect, but to bond together. And I think it's a safety thing, but to bond together over our wrongness and, oh no. And so why bragging is a, a powerful tool is it's allowing ourselves to be seen in our celebration for a lot of this, like we talked about before, it feels really scary. Cause like, what if things are going okay? Or what if I'm proud of myself? That feels very edgy. Cause you know, it goes back to like to, to when we're children, like, will I be bullied? Well, I'm, I'm being seen. And so we do a lot of times I do see women shrinking and bonding over the wrongness of themselves, then celebrating themselves. And also being like, great, now celebrate you. I mean, yeah. I brought this these tools to so many of my, my women friends that are not in this world. And they're like, what? And then they're also like, that is so powerfully healing. Because I know ha- I have great relationships with women, but we always do kind of bond on our wrongness. And mm-hmm. when you start to track it, you're like, whoa, like we really do focus on that and focus on other women's wrongness too. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. You're so right. And that's why, you know, we've created her hype squad, because we wanted to change that we wanted to be like, okay, women are getting together and celebrating each other and hyping each other up and but it ch- kind of changing that narrative. And, um, you know, one of the things that's so important as a leader is we tend to think that just by doing a good job, everybody's going to see it and we keep our heads down. We do what needs to be, you know, is, is asked of us and what needs to be done. We hit our goals, but which is great. And that's, but that's just the baseline, especially in corporate, that bragging, that celebrating, telling people about, you know, what you accomplished and what you're doing. Like, we just need to get so much better at doing that because that, I mean, men don't have a problem with that. They do that all the time and, you know, they, they won't hold back. And, and sometimes we, as women, I, I mean, I'm guilty of this, especially early in my career. I'd look at like, who is he? Like we, that I didn't think that was that big of a deal. I mean, kind of going back to what you're in, but, but then, you know, you see this person like climbing the ladder and you're like, okay, but this is, you need to do it. I mean, whether you feel comfortable, you have to get comfortable. And I don't know, like if you have any thoughts on how people, how women can start to get comfortable on, on bragging or, you know, maybe rethinking about it and saying, you know, celebrating my accomplishments by communicating them. I don't know. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because I always, that's one of like my first things that I do in my sessions and every session we start with brags or celebrations and it's funny. I have to like untrain people in this, but they're like, it's interesting tracking what women count as celebrations, like the the expectations that they should win a Nobel peace prize every week, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm like, so I actually, and they're like, no, I actually lovingly, gently push them to, of course, please celebrate these huge celebrations with me. But like, can we celebrate what you think is not a celebration? Because we just take it for granted. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And I, I really try to hold them through like what they perceive as small and medium and then large, because here's the thing. Then we become desensitized. Mm And that's the direct correlation to pleasure. We're so desensitized to ourselves. We're so desensitized to the planet, to experiences, Mm. to like being present in the moment. And here's another thing too. When we are desensitized, when we get the thing, right? Whether it's like, I get the partner or I get the raise, by then we're desensitized. So it's it's not, we think, oh my gosh, it's going to change everything. And we're like, okay, but that was cool. Yeah. What's next? Because we ha- we aren't familiar with celebrating. So when we're celebrating, even the silly things of, uh, and this is not even silly, but I woke up, thank God, I woke up this morning and I, well, we could just say that's a celebration, but yeah. I, I did, you know, like that's in itself, but I, I moved my body for five minutes. If we know how to celebrate those types of things, when you get the promotion, oh my gosh, you know, it, it starts to frame, you start to see yourself in a different way of like, wait go me and not from again not from that arrogant place but like I have endured a lot I am worthy and deserving of good things like it it the confidence is directly and the self-love really is directly correlated to how much we can celebrate ourselves Mm -hmm. but it is interesting in the beginning when I have clients sign on they're like I didn't do anything tremendous this week and I'm like okay like let's go through your week and I'm like what like (laughs) this is fabulous and they're like oh like they start to see themselves like they would see someone else if they saw someone else living this way they'd be like yes get it 
but we are the, our harshest critic and we have that perfectionism or that like more, more, more is, is ingrained in so many of us. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that because, you know, it's not only, so I say, you know, we need to start bragging, we need to start communicating, but you're so right that we need to first identify what it is that we even are going to brag about, because if we're not even seeing it as an accomplishment, like how, so it's like, go back a step further, let's try to figure out how do we identify our accomplishments and, and see them for what they are and, and celebrate them ourselves first, and then communicate them to the people around us. Exactly. And also that you nailed that too. Like then we feel safe to mm. our, like if we do pretend want to bring it to a partner or friends, we have to be, you know, it, we need to make it safe within ourselves. Like, yes, I did that. And then we could share it with them. And that's where it, we are operating from our integrity. Cause we celebrated it. We digested it. We don't need the validation from others though. It's like, we, we need that as humans, but like, we don't need it to survive, right? Because you could pretend you get that bonus. And you're like, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. And you bring it to your best friend. And she's just like, she's going through a lot. She can't, and she's like, yay. Or, but how do I say this? Like, isn't properly giving you quote unquote, the reaction or the validation you wanted. Yeah, You're like, great. You know what I mean? So it's like, it really, this work is truly the highest form of integrity because you process, you celebrate, you're like, yes. And it's just a cherry on top that you can bring it to your friend and celebrate that with her. And you'd be like, look, and she, but you don't need it. It's not the driving force, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally understand and, and appreciate yeah. that. And so true. You need to feel it yourself because you might not get it from those people around you. And it's okay that you don't because they're going through their own things and uh, you never know how you're hitting somebody from, from day to day. Um, and I just, I realized we're running out of time a little bit. So I'd like to kind of switch over because I feel like, I mean, you said you could talk about pleasure for five hours. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about all this, like all we could go into the late evening talking about all this, I think, but I'd love to ask you a few of the standard questions. We like to ask all of our guests, if you're okay. Please. Okay. So with, with Boss Track, we're all about mentorship. That's, you know, that's the foundation of who we are. That's why we do this podcast. Um, what I'd love to know from you, is there a mentor that you look back to that has like really impacted your career and brought you to where you are today? Oof. Honestly, I feel blessed to say there's so many. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I could individually go through, but I feel blessed. And I, I bless that I had that. And I also feel blessed that I believe in that, that I'm like surround myself with people that uplift me. So I feel if I look, if I take a step back, I, I see kind of like a community, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. And, and I love, um, you know, that saying of surround yourself with the five people that you want to be or something like that. Yeah. I know, I know I'm not saying that right, but it, it is so true. It is. Yeah. It is. I, yeah, I feel very lucky that I'm like, wow, so many people have mentored and influenced me um, in different ways. Yeah. And um, what uh, you talked a little bit about moving in the morning, but is there a routine that you have to follow morning, evening, afternoon, whatever during the day that, you know, you attribute your well-being to? I love rituals. So I love, I love it. And I had to track myself. 
because I would be like, if I didn't have time that day or there's crazy circumstances, I noticed, and my clients have done this too. Like I noticed I would wrong myself and be like, the day is over. You're, you know, you're, uh oh, because you didn't do this routine. So, honest answer is yes. And I've had to be cool if life happens mm. and I miss it, which has been a lot for me. Like, I had to get away from my perfectionism and be kind to myself. But I really attribute the work to the work. You know what I mean? So, I, I consciously every day make time for the work, whether it is in the evening before I go to bed, the afternoon. But for me, morning. I, I personally love morning, just like that's just how I operate as a human because I'm like, yes, it zings me into the day. Um, and that looks like different for everyone. Like sometimes I need a really long practice. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have capacity. I got to do these things on the go or in the car or whatever. But I am, you know, it's work. So mm -hmm. I really do try to come back to the work daily. And what is the, like, what does the practice look like for you? Like, what is that ritual? Every day is different, honestly. But for me, foundations that are important are things like moving my body, mm. moving emotions. Sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I'll do yoga. But like, it it depends. But for me also, mindset's really important, like I said. Because if I want this goal, like whether it's a business goal or relationship goal or personal, I have to get underneath the mindset of it, of why am I resistant to this thing? Why, you know, so mindset for me, I'm obsessed with. I try to do it every day. Try. And I do do my celebrations every day. Like I do, I really do my, bra like even to myself, I do my brags. I kind of digest the day before. I intent on like, what's my intention? What's the flavor for the day? So that's kind of like how I start my day. And like I talked about, like, I try to keep the intention top of mind, whether it's setting alarms or like, what is the flavor for today? Is like finding pleasure, finding joy, happy. So I always try to set an intention too. And then like, to the best of my ability, remember what that intention is. Yeah, I love it. So your routine is really making space for yourself and having those little tools that you'll use within that space, but having that kind of inward moment uh, in the morning that kind of gives you that baseline for the day. Yeah, I need it. I just yeah. know I, I function best with it, you know? Yeah, totally. I totally understand. Is there a song that when you're feeling a little less confident or maybe less energetic for the day, do you have a song that if you put on, you'll, you'll start your mood will completely change and you'll feel energized? Yeah, I have. I love this. I have a whole confidence playlist on my Spotify. Mm, I <laughs> because I got, yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, so I have a whole list of like, Oh, I got oh, got to ramp up or with my mindset work, like, okay, like, how can I believe in these things? Like I have a whole playlist um, uh, of things that get me going, but yeah, I do. I'm trying to think I have a, a lot of pop, a lot of sassiness. Those are usually the songs that like, get me, get me jiving, but I, yeah. I usually rotate through a few, but I, I always have a few that, that help me get back up. Music for me is such a transformative tool, such mm -hmm. a transformative tool. Is there one song that you can think offhand that you? Oh, yes. I love, I can't think of a song because I'm, my ADHD brain likes to, to shuffle them all, but I love RuPaul always gets me. Oh my gosh. RuPaul's okay. music always, I'm like, yes. Like it always, it, it, it lifts me up. Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Those like uh, Dua Lipa, like those, some of those artists just like, I'm like, I, sometimes they're corny but they they 
they bite me up, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I love corny. So yeah, same. I'm like, yes. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to be cringe right now. I love it. <laughs> is there um, something that you've purchased in the last year that has made a difference in some way in your life? Like just kind of around a hundred or less that the audience might benefit from knowing about? Yeah, I, oh, this is such a good one. It's funny, I'm always gravitated towards the self-help tools, but I actually, I'm a person that does class pass, that yeah. class pass, yeah. And I love it just, especially because I just moved um, to a different state. And I love it for community sake. I have like the lower tier membership, but I like that I could be in different communities. I could try different yoga studios. So that has been very, a very powerful tool for me. And I'm a really big book person, mm-hmm. a book and audio book. So anything of that nature kind of helps like how you said with the song like that's also could be activators for me so the song could get me into a space or reading a passage from a book or listening to that audio book like I always have those like little tools by me when I'm like oh I notice I'm dipping not to be like I'm toxically positive but like you know I have those (laughs) you know like not those talismans or those activators if you will to kind of boom like get me get me back Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I love ClassPass. I, I I had it for a while, but I kind of put it on hold for a little bit. But you're right. I mean, it gets you out, especially moving to a new place. It gets you out. Yes. And you meet new people. You try different places. Get what works works for you, and you might join something later. Or if you like the variety, just kind of keep going with the with the ClassPass. But I, I used that when I lived, were, uh, moved here to Miami Beach just to kind of get involved in in the community. It was an easy way to do that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is, like you said, for community, changing things up, learning about people and, and just moving my body. So I was like, that has, and I do the low tier one, but it's just for me to get out. And so, yeah, that, that I, I think is a great a hundred dollars or less. Yeah. 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 Um, And you mentioned books and one of my next question was, is there a book uh, about confidence or pleasure or not um, that you might recommend to the audience that you found a value? Yeah, I know I mentioned it. Well, I love books. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go through it. But I know I've mentioned her name a few times, but it's for a reason. Any book by Regina Thomashauer, and I think she's coming out with another one soon, in my opinion, you know, no, everyone's human, but she really has some beautiful insights and she's worked with so many women and in regards to self-love and confidence. So if you're looking for something with body love, confidence, I really... She really does speak to me. Ooh, what else? Yeah, I'll leave it at that. But there's so because I could I'm like, oh, I could go into I could yeah. spiral out on this question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. I love I mean, one one book is all uh, all I ever look for. And I do have some guests that are like, oh, this book and this book and, and this. But so no, please don't feel pressure to say anything more than that. That's all I all I expected. So <laughs> so we've reached the, the end. And um, so lastly, you are now part of our audience's hype squad. Is there any last piece of wisdom, advice, inspiration you would leave with everybody before we end? Yeah, I I do. Well, first of all, I'm so grateful that everyone, you know, listened to this point because I think it's 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 super important this conversation mm-hmm. we had and thank you seriously for having me on. Yeah, and and, and I, for me, I think something that's a huge huge guiding force in my work is and it may sound like oh, a little a little ooh, but like the fact that we are not promised tomorrow, 
And so for me being comfortable with, with death and with all of that, like not to go on a different path, but like for me being comfortable with, I'm not promised tomorrow. I hope God willing, I'm here for many, many years, like, please, you know, but like, I'm not promised tomorrow. I really, and again, of course we have to do the things we have to pay our taxes. We have to, you know, do the things that we have to do to human, but it really has put me into perspective. So many of the tragedies and the things that have absolutely put me to my knees in a way was a, a great gift because I was like, wow, I, nothing is promised to me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to live, you know, I know we're all alive, but I really want to live. Like I want to turn back hopefully when I'm 120, you know, right? like, mm-hmm. a, but I want to turn back when I'm a hundred, you know, whatever old I am and say, I lived, I want to get every little nugget out. I want to be present. I want to be there for beautiful conversations. And I think if you've made it this far in the conversation, you also want to live and live your best. <laughs> so sorry, typical, but live your best life. <laughs> and I just want to remind everyone that that's possible and that we don't have to be in the mundane. We don't have to just keep on keeping on. There's a place that's appropriate sometimes and magic and being alive and being present is such a gift that I would love for more people to wake up to. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's such a great note to end on. So yeah, thank you for being on. If our listeners want to reach out to you or if they want to find you, where's the best place for them to do that? Sure. So on Inst- I'm pretty active on Instagram. That's at we the light underscore LLC. And my website honestly has everything. So it has my podcast blog and all my free goodies. So I have a free book. I have a free consultation. And then also whether if people want to work with me one-on-one or in group settings, and you can get that at my website, which is www.wethelight.org. And that's all the goodies are, you could kind of find there. Perfect. Well, thank you, Erica. This has been such a great conversation. I've had such a fun time. And this is, again, we started out, it's so important for so many people to hear. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing everything that you've shared. Of course, thank you so much. This was amazing. Well, I hope we stay in touch. And like I said, we have so much more to talk about. Hopefully we can do a part two sometime, but I hope you have a good evening and and thank thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle again. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our weekly episodes. And if you're really feeling it, please leave a review. We'd love to have your support. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter where we share things we're excited about, things we found funny or inspiring, and must-read leadership videos and articles we came across that week. You can subscribe by going to www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weekly joy. That's www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weekly joy. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.